0: Today's podcast will post a little late today, as I'm actually recording it on November 1, 2021. I typically record it the weekend before, but scheduling, I had to record it this morning. As a matter of fact, normally it would have already posted, but we're going to get it up today. So what are we talking about today? Well, today we are talking about the behavior of sleep. Now, I've done podcast before talking about how to uh, regulate your sleep, how to sleep better, how to make the most out of your sleep. But today we're going to actually talk about what happens in the brain and the behavior itself of sleep. So this gets a little nerdy. Uh, I hope you like what we have to talk about. So that's the first thing that we need to talk about is the behavior of sleep. Sleep is a behavior. You're not unconscious when you sleep. A lot of people believe that once you go to sleep, you're unconscious, but not so. This is an actual human behavior, and it is considered necessary for the brain. There are a couple studies out there that I found interesting because I thought for most of my life that the body needed sleep. Well, the studies show that the body does need rest, but it's not the same as needing sleep. The brain needs sleep. The brain requires it to function properly. And when we sleep, there's a lot that goes on in our brain. So it's not like our brain is shut down. It's just in a different state of activity. So having said sleep is behavior, we are motivated to find a... uh, warm place that is comfortable and usually dark to sleep when we get tired. Part of the warm, the idea of it being warm, is that our body temperature drops when we sleep. It's part of the process. Now, most people will be familiar with one of the stages of sleep. However, there are a total of four, at least as um, the American Academy of Sleep Medicine categorizes them. And that's something I think is pretty interesting is that there is an uh, American Academy of Sleep Medicine, which means that sleep is important enough. That there are people who dedicate their entire careers to studying and understanding in infinite detail what happens when we sleep, the importance of it. They're still trying to figure some stuff out, but they know a lot of stuff. They know a lot of stuff. So let's talk about the stages of sleep. There are three stages that are considered non-REM, and then there is the REM stage of sleep. REM, of course, stands for rapid eye movement. That's what most people uh, talk about because it is associated with dreaming. We're going to talk a little bit about electroencephalograms. It's a really cool, long, painful word that I will say EEG instead, and EEG is basically measuring brain frequencies. What frequency what wave of frequency is your brain releasing during different activities uh, and different behaviors? But when you're awake, you typically run between typically run between eight and twelve hertz. That's the average human being. eight to twelve hertz. You get uh, measured when you're just awake and doing your thing. And the things I read, they didn't go into detail, but I'm sure if you're doing different activities, you're at different frequencies within that range. I have read articles that say that range uh, moves depending on your mood and your emotional state. So let's talk about these stages. Stage one is transition from sleep. Are from wakeness to sleep. So when you're awake and you're transitioning into sleep, that's stage one. It doesn't last that long. But typically, the EEG will read 3.5 to 7.5 hertz. It's called theta activity. And your neocortex uh, neurons start firing in more synchronous modes. Uh, in other words, they to start to synchronize as you're moving towards sleep. This is where you'll have a... A hypnic jerk or a, you know, a lot of people have experienced when they're falling asleep and all of a sudden they jerk themselves awake. And some people report a sense of falling. When I was younger, this was constant for me almost every night, but I didn't have a sense of falling. What would happen is I would fall asleep and I would jerk awake because I was trying to catch a basketball. I don't know why, but for some reason, I would have this image of of a basketball being thrown to me and I would jerk awake trying to catch it. And that's the kind of thing we're talking about. Um, In that transition, that's, uh, that's not like a solid state of sleep, I guess, is the best way to put it. Your brain is transitioning, so it can jerk back awake for any number of reasons. Now, while we've talked about that jerk, there wasn't a whole lot that I could find on the causes of it. There's a lot of people who speculate, but the speculation's were so, so far afield from each other. There wasn't anything I felt was common amongst the people who speculated on it, <clears throat> which tells me they, they don't really know. Now it's fun to play hey maybe or what if or it could be, but for this purpose I'm not gonna I'm not gonna speculate on that. Now the second stage of sleep second stage of sleep is pretty interesting. Because a lot of people, there's been a lot of reports when people are woken up from stage two of people not believing they were asleep. Often people think that they were awake in stage two. And I find this interesting because I know that for myself and a number of my friends that I've talked to about sleep when I was having trouble sleeping and I was trying to figure out how to sleep, we would say, oh, I didn't sleep all night. I was awake the whole night. But the probability is that we were just in stage two sleep. Typically someone who is, who is, awoke, who, typically someone who is awa- awakened from stage two will have an idea or they were thinking about, think they were thinking about something and it's more like they were holding an idea in their brain and it might even have just have been of being awake, which is kind of, kind of a terrible thing, really. <laughs> if you're laying there thinking that you're awake even though you're actually in stage two sleep, that's, that's kind of terrible. That's kind of terrible. Now, there's a lot of important stuff that starts to happen, though, in, in, in stage two. Um, you get these bursts of uh, 10 to, or excuse me, 12 to 14 hertz every two to five minutes, and they're just bursts, and they call them sleep spindles. And these are pretty important, as they'll happen uh, through the other f- stages of sleep. <clears throat> These sleep spindles. The more sleep spindles people have, uh, they're correlated with uh, better tests on or better intelligence test results. The higher sleep spindles someone has, the more number of them, the larger, uh, well, not the larger they are, but the greater number that they have. Which kind of makes sense because the research the research shows that they believe this is part of where you are actually consolidating memory. We know that memory is consolidated during sleep. However, they believe that <clears throat> these sleep spindles are where the brain is actually doing that. There's also what's called a K-complex during stage two. Now, the sleep spindles may happen in other stages. The K-complex only happens in stage two. They they happen... Both spontaneously and in response to unexpected noise. Which is interesting because they don't really have a reason that it happens when there's an unexpected noise. But they can map it to someone sleeping. They may have K-complexes popping up in stage 2. And if they introduce an unexpected noise, like a a, a falling sound, you know, drop something on the floor or or a thump, then a K-complex will jump in to the EEG at that time. Now this is also, the K-Complex also uh, have isolated periods of neural inhibition, right? So basically what they do is they, they, they block neural activity during this time. Um, and they precede the delta waves. And delta waves are where we hit our deepest levels of sleep. Now, a lot of people believe that REM is the deepest level of sleep, and you are mistaken. Well, according to the studies. There's still a few... um, It seems there's still a few arguments that REM is a deeper sleep, but it doesn't make sense when you hear what goes on in these stages. Because in stage three, you have your delta activity. Now, this is where you're frequent you know the eeg shows less than 3.5 hertz these are very slow low speed brain waves so this is this is really commonly accepted as the deepest level of sleep and this makes sense because if you're awoken from stage 3 sleep which most of us have at least as a kid been awoken from the stage 3 then you're disoriented you're groggy it's hard to focus it's hard to head it's hard to get your head back in the game. It takes a, a minute. I know my days in the Navy, I got awoken from stage three a few times, and it was hard to orient myself. Sometimes it's hard to figure out where you're at. Um it, it's just that is where you're at your deepest point, and that's where you get your real real rest. And then you move into rapid eye movement, which is the REM sleep. When you go into REM sleep, you enter a state of paralysis. So your body doesn't react to the dreams that you're having. At least that's what it's understood to be. Because REM sleep is associated with dreaming. If you're awoken from REM sleep, you will most likely, even if you don't remember the dream, you will report that you were dreaming. Although you don't recall what. What I personally find even more interesting is that during your dream, um, your O2 consumption and your cerebral activity are super high. Again, this may tie into memory consolidation. It may tie into any number of other things. Uh, coping mechanisms, they, they don't really have a lot of good, solid data that agrees, although there's lots of speculation as to why we need to dream. There's also some speculation as to why some of us remember dreams or more of our dreams than others. And and some people don't remember any dreams. They know they were dreaming, but they don't remember any. I personally remember some of my dreams, um, although not all of them. There is also speculation that we dream in black and white, while others argue that we do dream in color. I don't know because for me... There are specific dreams that I specifically remember colors. Specific dreams, specific colors, yeah. There are dreams that I remember specific colors, outstanding, and it may be something that's, you know, post-dream, I don't know. But I do remember colors from specific dreams. Where you process visual imagery is highly active during REM sleep. Now, you're... The actual nerves that carry visual information or not. So this is similar to hallucination, is the, is the easiest way to put it, during your REM sleep. What I found was also interesting is that although REM states are directly linked to sleeping, there are some dream states, some activity that happens not, they say it doesn't happen all the time, and they say it doesn't happen to everybody, but there are cases where in your deepest sleep, there is some dream-like activity, very similar to the REM sleep for some people. And in those cases, it's not all the time necessarily either. While dreaming is mainly REM, there is in that stage three the possibility of having some dreams. Again, this goes back to the mystery of the brain. The brain itself, as much as we know about it, has a lot of mystery left in it because it just isn't that cut and dry and from person to person there are there are enough unique minor variances that it's not like saying hey you know your bicep pulls the the forearm up when it contracts we know this we know that when a bicep on your arm contracts it pulls the forearm towards the body the brain's not that that simple or cut and dry now if we, if you've done any research or you read anything about brain traumatic brain injuries, it's really interesting too because the brain will hijack other areas that it considers less important to redevelop the ability to do other things. So there have been people who who've had massive brain damage that have uh, been able to basically rewire their brain through therapy and regain some skills they've lost. So within that, when the brain goes to sleep and it's reprocessing, the, when it's processing, I should say, the, the dreams and the memories of the day, I'm not surprised if it's not exactly the same from person to person. <laughs> and so that makes me wonder, too. I mean, if we want to – we talk about the science of it and what we know – but I remember as a kid thinking that there might be, you know, this other plane that you attend when you're in your deepest sleep, right? And that, that whole concept of being someplace other than where we are. Like some of my dreams would just be me going to another place. And that kind of ties into that lucid dreaming where people uh, can actually interact with their dreams and, and have some influence on what happens while they're dreaming. And I think they even, if I remember right, it might have been, was it the first Freddy Krueger movie? Where, no, I think it was, it was one later, I think. I don't know. Anyway, one of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, uh, Lucid Dreaming, was how they got Freddy by learning how to become dream warriors. Kind of taking that concept of Lucid Dreaming to that whole next level. Oh, no, there's, there's one other thing that I found interesting about REM sleep. And that is that uh, the average person may have genital reactions that are not based on uh, arousal. And they don't really know why that is. There's no explanation for it. It just is, which I thought was rather odd and interesting. That for, um, now we all know as growing up that you can have dreams that are spicy dreams, exciting dreams, and those are different than what I'm talking about now. Uh, It's just typical that uh, human genitalia, both male and female, will have some reactions during REM sleep, um, some more extreme than others. just depends on on you as an individual. Again, this comes back to the idea that uh, there is within the general average, um, each of us as an individual, and the specificity of how we as an individual react within that range. Maybe that's something else I should point out that in general, and I probably should point this out more often, everything that we talk about when we look at studies and when we look at statistics, all of that is based on, quote, averages, end quote. When we look at studies, it's all based on averages. It's all statistical. We know that within statistics, A a large sample size of people, majority of them are going to fall into an area that covers roughly 65 to 70% of the population. For any given study, it's just the way it breaks out if you have a large sample size. And you want the large sample size to find out what the average really is. Now, having an average doesn't mean that everyone falls within that range. Something as simple as, um, you know, delta activity, you know, it's below 3.5 hertz. Well, there might be somebody who never gets below 3.6, but that's an outlier. That's not the norm. So, I don't know. Just something I thought I'd mention on the way out. So, that's all I've got for today, other than to say that after November, I'm going to take December off of the podcast and we're going to look well, December and January, and we're going to look at February for uh, the start of season three. Remember that I love you. Take care of yourself. <laughs> Come on.